In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is taken from the Gospel lesson read a few moments ago by Pastor. I'd like for us to focus especially upon these words as we look about distant discipleship. If we go to, is there one on, on there? Yeah, here it is. Okay. Let's join together. Peter was following Jesus at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. This will serve as our text for this evening. People of God, people whose faith is in Christ the crucified. You know, COVID invented a number of different terms for us and different types of actions. For example, the term social distancing. Uh, Social, we continue to see a number of signs about social distancing uh, posted in various places. And I think originally the signs were meant to uh, help prevent being infected by COVID. Really not quite sure just how much science went into establishing this <clears throat> as a safe distance and often may have some uh, questions about social distancing that was kind of unclear. For example, <clears throat> This is social distancing when you were getting ready to get on an airplane. What's the next slide? This is social distancing when you're in that airplane. It's a bit confusing. It's a bit confusing. But fear can definitely make us to do things that are rather confusing. Our theme tonight is not about the dangers or the, or the protections of social distancing. Uh, the theme for tonight uh, is about fear that pushes us onto distance discipling. Discipleship at a distance. And we see this very clearly as we continue to examine the theme, Jesus, Peter, and me. Now when we take a look at the events that happened on that uh, Monday, Thursday, uh, a number of years ago, uh, with the Passover event and the Seder meal and the teaching of Jesus at Holy Communion, the Garden of Gethsemane event, the arrest of Jesus. When we take a look at those events, we can very often see a number of examples of fear. We also see a number of examples of fearlessness. When the disciples were in the upper room with Jesus, and they were celebrating the Passover, they were listening to the teachings about, of Jesus as he was trying to prepare them for what was going to happen within the next few days. And in the safe confines of that upper room, we see boldness. We see fearlessness on the part of Simon Peter and all the other disciples. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. I will die with you if I have to. Those were the bold words of Simon Peter. Words that showed absolutely no fear. No fear whatsoever because he was safe in the confines of that room and all the other disciples joined in echoing those words of boldness a few hours later they're in the garden of gethsemane soldiers show up simon peter rushes out ahead of them with his sword swinging away showing uh, his fearlessness as he jumps into the face of the enemy soldiers but fearlessness quickly turned to fear. As Jesus willingly gave himself into the custody of the soldiers, the disciples ran for their lives. 
Boldness completely disappeared as fear took center stage. And even as the events of that evening continued to slowly continue on, boldness began to slowly creep back in, but only at a distance. Even then, it was held back by fear. St. Matthew very plainly tells us Peter was following Jesus at a distance, at a distance, back in the shadows, back where it was safe to be a disciple. He sat with the guards so that he could see the end. Simon Peter, who so boldly, boldly so fearlessly uh, declared his faithfulness to Christ Jesus while he was in the safe confines of the upper room, now his fear keeps him and his faithfulness deep in the shadows, keeping his distance from Jesus. Keeping his distance from Jesus. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? When we're here and safe in the uh, confines of our sanctuary, uh, gathered together with other believers, uh, we can fearlessly declare our faith. I believe in God the Father, and I believe in Jesus. I believe in God the Holy Spirit. Yes, when we're in the safe confines of these walls, it's easy to proclaim that kind of boldness. But 30 minutes later, after we walk out of those doors, we find ourselves in a shopping store, surrounded by other people, and all of a sudden, fear makes us, makes our bold faith withdraw back into the shadows. Suddenly, fear makes our bold faith uh, kind of withdraw at a distance from Jesus so it's not readily seen. Suddenly we see the reality of Simon Peter within us. But fortunately, <clears throat> the theme for these series is not Simon Peter and me. The theme for these series, this series is Jesus, Simon Peter, and me. And where do we find Jesus in this scene? He's not safely back in a room, in the upper room, where it's all safe and secure. He's not even in the Garden of Gethsemane, hiding in the cover of darkness. Where do we find Jesus? Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Whose house? Caiaphas' house. The very enemy that is seeking to destroy Jesus. And as we see that particular image and that picture of what's taking place in that house that evening, we experience a lot of fear. We see a lot of fear. But we don't find fear in the face of Jesus. <clears throat> we don't find fear in the eyes of Jesus or in his action. Instead of seeing fear, what we discover is courage, confidence, assurance. Jesus knew the Father's plan, 
And the father's plan was going to take him into the house of Caiaphas, into the house of Pilate, into the house of King Herod, back to Pilate, and then eventually to the cross. Simon Peter, Peter was keeping his distance from Jesus. He was waiting to see what the end, what was going to be. But Jesus already knew what the end was. He already knew what was ahead of him. And Jesus moved to that destination without fear. Fear kept Simon Peter in the shadows, making him a disciple who followed at a distance. Fearlessness kept Jesus going forward to the cross, to his burial, to the open tomb, and to the ascension. And it's the fearless one who now calls us, come and follow me and be not afraid. Come and follow me and be not afraid. When I was about fifth or sixth grade, I was visiting my cousin Gary, and uh, he liked to fish, and so we decided to go fishing. He took me to a creek, probably about half the width of the creek, was about half the size of the width of the sanctuary here. And uh, we, uh, it was about a mile or so from his house, and we were enjoying catching a few fish. All of a sudden, Gary pointed up in the sky. When I turned around, and I looked there beyond the trees, just what seemed to be just right beyond the trees, was this huge, dark, ominous cloud with all kinds of lightning flashing in it. My cousin Gary said one word, run. But where was I going to run? I didn't know where I was. I had no idea where the house was. Uh, I, where was I going to run? So where did I run? I followed my cousin. I followed my cousin because I didn't know for sure if he knew where he was going, but he had a better idea than I did. <laughs> and I want to guarantee you that <clears throat> wherever my cousin went, I went with him, to the right, to the left. When we went through that creek, up the steep bank of the muddy banks that were there, through a woods, and then finally into a clearing, and there was an old abandoned barn. We ran to that barn. And we stayed in that barn. While we were in that barn, the day suddenly became night. Fireworks display that was beyond anything we'd ever seen on 4th of July. Intensity of rain that just poured down and interspersed with all kinds of lightning bolts. I ran following my cousin. Now, my cousin was older than I. He was a fast runner, but I guarantee you, if I would have run any closer to him, my feet would have been in his shoes. Because every bolt of lightning just made me run faster. I was filled with so much fear. I knew that I was running in the right direction because I was following my cousin. I trusted that he knew where he was going. Now that was not a time to follow at a distance. It was not a time to follow at a distance. That was a time to be as close as I possibly could. Fear, it happens. It happens. But throughout the scriptures, <clears throat> what is it that Jesus calls out to us? 
Fear. What's the next word? Not. Fear not. Fear not. And look at these tremendous passages from the Old Testament. Let's read them together. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And another one that was read, Matt just read a few moments ago, also from Isaiah. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are mine. Fear not. Fear not. Fear definitely we experience it many times in this world and in this life today. But the problem with fear is it threatens to make us distant disciples. It threatens to keep us separated from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. As disciples, we want to make sure we follow him as closely as we can. And so that means that we need to bring all of our fears and we must have them bow before the one who says, fear not, fear not. On that first Monday, Thursday evening, we find Simon Peter following Jesus at a distance to see the end. No doubt Peter expected the worst. But the worst that Simon Peter expected wound up turning out to be the very best for Simon Peter and for us. The end turned out to be the cross and then the resurrection. The end turned out to be the breaking of sin's powerful hold upon us as Christ gives us his forgiveness. The end resulted in being the end of the fear of death as Jesus broke the grip of death. You see, the end that Jesus suffered was the beginning for us. The beginning of living in his forgiveness. The beginning of faith, confidence of his life for us each and every day and for all eternity. The beginning of a life of discipleship closely following Jesus, not distance, but as close as we possibly can. And so the call of Jesus to be his disciple is always a call of follow me, follow me. In other words, Jesus does not plan to to stay safely here in the sanctuary while he sends us out into the world. That's not it at all. Nor does he want us to be distant disciples, disciples who are trapped by our fear, remaining in the shadows. Instead, Jesus says to us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Follow me. I go ahead of you. I go ahead of you. And may our response always be right behind you, Lord right behind you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.